As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. I'm offended. I'm offended that you're offended. I'm offended that you're offended that she's offended. She's offended that he's offended that they're offended. Now I'm offended. (laughs) (laughs) Offended. The game everybody can play and nobody can win. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 43. Read what you dig. Hey there. How to do? How to doodly do do? This is Alex Rogers. Recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the Let's just settle on in and get into our inside voice. And uh, hopefully this time I'm not going to blow your eardrums up with uh, my volume here. Well, my good friends and my foes and my friendly foes and foeish friends. Well, let's see. I- I'm sitting before you all, before you all, here at, the, at this tribunal. I sit here in front of my judges and my peers, and um, I must confess, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about on this episode. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, Alex, you haven't known what you're talking about on any episode thus far. We barely can keep up with your 
tangential thinking. That's right, boys and girls, tangential, coming from tangent. Oh, I love tangents. I just like them seedless, though. But, um, yeah, we, we kind of, we, we, me, the royal we. His majesty knows not what he is about to say to us, the little people. However, um, let me just adjust this mic here a bit. We still sounding okay? We still good? Yeehaw, yeehaw? Okay. Um, yeah, my friends, uh, I'm just trying to keep consistent here, you know? I, I, I got grossly out of practice, and now I'm back, and uh, we're going to try to just be consistent again with this show. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm coming from work today, and... Uh, Golly, was it cold, cold, cold this morning. Now, of course, I'm speaking from Los, An- Los Angeles, California, and anybody east of me right now is going, oh, I'm so sorry, was your California morning cold? Oh, what was it, 52 degrees? Yeah, I know, if, you, if you're in the East Coast, you are laughing at me if I say it's cold. But come on, people, we're desert folk down here. We don't know what we're doing. We, 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 we're not acculturated to the cold. Um, but yeah, it was a tough one. It was one of those mornings where it's dark, the sun hasn't even risen yet, and you are expected to jump up and say, Hello, morning! Hello! Yippee and wahoo! We're gonna seize the day! And um, it required a, a pretty good shower, and uh, a few doses of coffee. But we did it, folks. We got through the day. Now we're back. I'm feeling beat. And uh, nevertheless, we are going to lay down the words here. I have been listening, listening. Uh, well, no, no, actually, well, okay, I'm going to talk about something I've been listening to. But before we do that, um, let me just uh, recap on some of the Star Wars talk from last time. My goodness gracious, my friends, all, all it takes is good storytelling, and I'm in. All it requires is just some nice characters, a, a genre that we kind of recognize, a formula that works, and then you show me what you do with that formula, and I'm on board. Um, me, I'm loving Book of Boba Fett, and Mandalorian. I know some people are all Mandalorian, but they ain't into Book of Boba Fett. Look, folks, every single episode of both shows have been better than any of the feature films that have been released in the last 20 years. Just my little humble, not-so-humble opinion. And as, you know, any of you who have heard me for a while will know, um, I, I have had not-so-humble opinions about Star Wars throughout my podcasting career thus far. Um, but no, I really, really, really am impressed with this show, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know if you have been watching it, if, you, if you're on it, and I'm not going to spoil nothing. Um, but I do find that um, just, you know, you put anything in the hands of people who really care uh, and maybe, in fact, maybe this is the good thing about a convention getting pile-driven into the ground of mediocrity and dumbness is that it can only go up now, and 
you have, although mind you, it kept getting lower and lower, and it just required some cool folks to uh, to go, come here, baby, come here, I got you. We, we know who you really are. Now let's make you back into who you really are. So very, very thankful for those shows. I don't know if I told you all last time, but I'm all caught up on Cobra Kai. And if I haven't talked to you all yet about Cobra Kai, oh my gosh, guys, it's so good. It is such a good show. You don't even necessarily have to be that well-versed on the Karate Kid films. Although, they're really fun. You ought to get into it. Uh, Let me (laughs) preface, though, and say Karate Kid 1 and 2 classics. And now, Karate Kid 2 is a sequel I can get behind. There's a lot of good shit in that. It ups the storytelling. It introduces new things. It's a worthy sequel. Three, we don't talk about. (laughs) My buddy, I mentioned him last uh, episode, Mr. Bobby Van Spike. Back in the day, he had the most hilarious summation of what Karate Kid 3 is all about. He said, all it is is Danny LaRusso, Daniel LaRusso running around going, I'm so stupid, Mr. Miyagi, I should have known better. And boy, that's a, those are some hard words to be saying in part three of a franchise. You're supposed to be saying, I'm so sorry, I should have known better in like the first few scenes of part one. You've already made it to part three and we're fucking up this much? Yeah, they didn't know what they were doing with the characters in three. But it doesn't matter, my friends, because this show, Cobra Kai, which just basically deals with Old rivals and new rivals, old friends and new friends. It's um, it's everything from like what one my buddy Alec he called it uh like today's Degrassi Junior High, <laughs> which is kind of true, uh but with a lot more ass kicking going on in it, and um, it it's so good. You gotta watch it for the whole cast. I'd say the standout for me is William Zapka. And he plays, right? That's it, William Zabka? That's his name, right? The guy who plays Johnny Lawrence. It's so wonderful. I, again, coming off the heels of last episode and the conversations I was bringing up then and how it's fun to follow characters that we wouldn't want to really actually know in real life. But it the, the character of Johnny Lawrence is so funny and so endearing in a very unexpected way. I love people, characters, (laughs) really preface that, really, really underline that, characters who have not grown up, like they haven't matured, and they, especially people who their heyday was the 80s, and they just never evolved. They never figured out the internet. They never got anything. They never listened to music after 1989. They, They don't have a clue what's happening. They, they have no idea how even, you know, men and women operate these days. It's, it's fantastic. Another, you know, another thing that some friends have been saying, and I agree with them, it's like this technically should not work so well. A, a show like Cobra Kai really almost, it, it's, it's all nostalgia. It's just excellently well done nostalgia. And they serve it up and like a really wholesome meal. It's like when you go over to your friend's house and that friend's 
parents do some really good cooking and you get to like sit at the table and you're like, thank you, Mrs. So-and-so. And you get to just have like a really good home cooked meal. Is it a meal you've had before? Of course you have. Do you know this taste? Very well. Do you have it two or three times a week? Of course. But the way this one is cooked up, done by a buddy's mom, well, that's what Cobra Kai feels like. I, I, I love it. Again, it's Star Wars nostalgia, doing something new with that, and Karate Kid nostalgia, doing something new with that. Two things I would have said, nope, leave them in their grave, don't, don't bring them back up. They did, and by golly, it's all working. So it's a, it's a really good time for television. What else? Today I watched the first episode of this. It looks great, man. There's this new um, series on Amazon. It's an animated series, kind of in the style. It looks very like 90s anime, and it's very tongue-in-cheek while being sincere. And it's called The Legend... Wait, Legend or Legends? It's either legend, singular, or legends, plural, of Vox Machina. So really, just look up Vox Machina, and you'll find it. It's on Amazon right now. Really freaking funny. Just imagine, like, a Dungeons & Dragons party of heroes, but they drop the F-bomb constantly. What am I saying, F-bomb? This show, I curse all the time. What, what, what you're going you're gonna to censor yourself now, Alex? They say fuck a lot. Um, they actually, like... The, the very first scene, there's like a different set of heroes who are trying to stand up against this monster. And then the first one just gets completely decapitated and everyone else is going, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. You know, it's just, it is, it, it's, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm already into it. And, um, and, you know, I'm watching shows like these more and more now because, uh, well, you know, my friends, I do hope that one day you're going to be watching a cartoon series or playing a video game or something in which a character shows up and when you hear that voice, you might think to yourself, haven't I heard this guy somewhere? Why, yes, I did. It was on his Rinky Dink podcast in which I and three other people listened to him for all those years. Well, I do hope one day uh, we all um, can find that out to be true because I would love to voice a character. Oh man, can you imagine that? And if it's a show that's even halfway successful, you get a little bit of merch, you have your own action figure of someone that you voice, a little a poster, a drawing of someone that you voice. It, it's like, that's gotta be a very cool gig. I, I, I don't know, it seems cool to me. Um, and definitely something I want to get more and more into. In fact, that's a very honest thing I can share with you folks. You know, a lot of podcasts are people who are already established, and then they're doing the podcast to keep themselves relevant. Folks, I ain't established in one bit. I barely have my room established, let alone my life, let alone my next sentence. And here we are just taking it moment by moment, breath by breath, and... I am hoping to make something, yeah, let's do kind of professional with all of the audiobook reading I've been doing, with all these characters I just can't help but doing. It's a problem. He has a problem. He can't remain himself, but at least it we can kind of write it off as amusing. So, yeah, I would I would really like to voice a character. 
what else? Oh, okay. So yeah, we were talking about some listening stuff earlier. Well, um, it's very funny. I wanted to listen to a Star Wars audiobook. <laughs> I'm I'm almost embarrassed to tell you all that. Almost. Except I now live in a world where you almost get beaten up for not being a Star Wars nerd. How did that happen? Folks, how did Okay, all I can say is we we had a few latecomers and now and now it's overflowing. But the point is I um I wanted to read a lot of Star Wars books when I was a younger kid. And I, I real quick about reading and and whatnot. I want to talk let's talk a little bit about reading, shall we? Now, I catch myself a lot of the time um I'm this is a very honest thought, folks. And sometimes when we're honest, we're not right. We're not authority figures. We don't what we say is not the law, but we're being honest about a feeling. And um I know for me, I do have a judgment where if I'm talking to a grown adult and the last time they ever read a book, like a book, not not a not a BuzzFeed article, not a Kindle. I'm talking about a physical book that that you open up and you turn the pages until the book is finished. Most adults I know don't do that. Or I don't not know. My 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 friends read. No, 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 but I mean just like people I encounter or acquaintances or coworkers. Most people they don't read. I know they can read, but they don't read. And I must say I judge that. I, I have a big judgment on that. I, I instantly go, oh, okay, you're ignorant. Oh, you don't like to read. Okay, you're kind of stupid. Now, am I right about that? I don't know. And, and, and whether it's right or wrong, that's a rather mean thought. And it's not helpful. And I have to remember, now, folks, here's another thing. That I can be super honest about myself. I suck at math. I'm embarrassingly bad at even, like, simple addition and subtraction. So I should be one to talk about not brushing up on this, that, and the other thing. I could have and should have practiced math more. That is absolutely true, and it is something that I often struggle with. So there you go. Who am I to be judging? But I I think, as I was thinking, well, why should I care so much about others who don't read? And it sort of takes me back to, it's like reading, well, first of all, I I love reading, and it did take me time years, in fact, to love to read. I, I grew up in a very well-read family, and my mother is a chain reader. The minute she's finished with one book, she's got another one out. She is always reading. It's how I've always known her. So luckily, there was an actual real like reading role model in the house. And um, I can't say my mom and I have the same taste of literature. Probably what she reads would... Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if what she reads would nauseate me. I'm pretty sure what I read would nauseate her, however. Uh, <laughs> but reading, nevertheless, takes time. And you're not going to kill it in two hours the way you can in a movie. And sometimes, 
when it's something that I've taken the time to read and then they make a big adaptation over it. For example, this was the one in the last few years that that kind of ground my gears. I took the time to read it. And that and by Stephen King. And you all know that one. It, it, that's, you know, the 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 I, it's not about a killer clown. OK, there's a lot more to it. In fact, the actual creature itself, the clown, is just the surface appearance that it takes. Um, but it's not about your clown phobia, and it's not about all that. Have I already talked about this on the podcast? I don't know. Folks, I smoke so much, and I, and I take too much time between episodes. I forget. But when that new It movie came out, I was the one who had taken the time and it took me a while because that's one fuck. And that's also that's a bad example. Like like the, you look at the length of it, and that would scare anyone away. In fact, the scariest thing about the book of it is not the content, but the fact that it's like over twelve hundred pages or very close to that. I'm, I'm not kidding you. It's over a thousand pages. So that you know that's a that's a brick. And I even would have said at the end, I would have said, hey, Stephen, you have a great book here. You lose about 300 pages and we still have a winner. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it it's good and I'm glad I took the time. And also, having read the book, there is a lot more to it than your fucking little scary clown and your clown phobia. Well, the movies pretty much make it all about that. There's a scary demon, he shows up as a clown, and it's going to be jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. But the movies did not get into the individual traits of those kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. It did not get into the, um, uh, their, like the nuances of their upbringing, the abusive households from which they come, the actual, like the, what it's really like to deal with the bullies. They didn't even get into the bullies. Now, I get it. It's hard to do that in one movie, even in a two-parter movie. Really, folks, if you're going to do a good adaptation of Stephen King, it, it needs to be like an HBO miniseries kind of thing, or not even a miniseries. Do, do some seasons. In fact, I'm begging you, HBO or whoever else, make the Dark Tower series and please devote one full season to each book. You know what you were kind of doing with Game of Thrones. Um, that would be amazing. But back to various things here. I got annoyed with some friends, with some colleagues, with some co-workers, with some acquaintances and I would do the thing where I'd say, yeah, but have you read the book? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. But that move, oh my God, oh, scary clown, the clown, the clown, the clown. And I'm like, oh, there's more to it than a stupid clown. And I, I think what I feel like sometimes is, hey, I took the time to really dive into the soul of this story, to sit with it, to take the moment to absorb every word. And sometimes I feel like when people just go and watch the new adaptation of something, they're cheating. They didn't do the work. And whatever they're deriving out of this is not going to be the story. And so if I hear them say, oh, that was so good. It's great. I, I, I have to be that asshole who says, yeah, but have you read the book? The book's better. <laughs> now, why should I care? Why should I care? You, listener, why should I care if you told me, no, nah, I, I, I don't care for reading, I just watch movies? I, I think it brings me back to this feeling that 
if you don't take the time to read, you're cheating. And I remember school projects as a kid. Now, folks, I was not as... I'm not the fun-loving, <laughs> easygoing guy you know me to be today back in school. No, when I, when I was actually like grade school, middle school, I was such... I was nauseatingly that kid who sat in the front and would hush other kids. Shh, I'm trying to hear the teacher. You know, it was it was silly, just very silly. Um, but I look back with fondness at that kid. And when that kid was put into class projects, just you would sometimes find yourself with a bunch of dummies who very adamantly didn't give a fuck about that. And it was left up to somebody to care. And that was usually me. And I would... Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Do more work than I was supposed to, especially on group projects. And I realize, I mean, dude, this is, we're talking about stuff that's from probably 25 years ago at this point. And why am I carrying that with me? I think it's when I see people, it's like, it's it I almost I, I think I have almost it's almost like a near religious feeling of no, you're supposed to suffer a little bit before you just do backflips and enjoy life. You have to take the time to go through the toil and the you have you have to toil with it. You have to what am I trying to say? You're trying to bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. I don't know. Now I'm just going into the witches in in uh are we allowed to say the word? <gasps> Am I allowed to say the name of the play? Don't say it, Alex. Well, we're not in the theater, so I'm going to say Macbeth. Oh, 
You said it. He said the word. For those of you who are confused why I'm making this big uh, bit right here, um, in the theater, apparently, it's bad luck to say the name of Shakespeare's Scottish play, Macbeth. My uh, counter action to that is, no, 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 there's no bad luck going on. There's bad acting going on. And if you all just focus on doing great acting, you can say any play title you want and no bad luck will happen. The reason you're all having a bad time is you're doing some bad acting. (laughs) So, as you can see, I've taken lots of time to think that one through. Um... But yeah, no, I, I, and look, I don't want to ostracize anyone right now. You know, for some people, reading, even into their adulthood, it's very hard. Look, math for me is very hard. So I can only imagine if you're tripped up on words, if you're dyslexic, if you simply don't have practice. You know, there's also, people have been, I mean, I'm not helping. I think there have been other voices like mine that have punished people. Uh, probably some of you when you were younger, if you were listening and if you are relating to this feeling of like, oh, yeah, hmm, I, I don't I don't really read. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe you were shamed out of it. Maybe it looks very, very boring. Maybe too many nauseating nerds made it look like a bore to you. I'm not I'm not sure. But I do find it a little bit unattractive too. If I'm, if like, I, I, yeah, if, if I meet you and we're flirting and you tell me you don't read, I, I got to admit, Little part of me goes, Nah, no, no, okay. Um, but I'm one to. I'm sure there's shit I'm doing. Probably just me as I'm talking right now. Someone's going, Nah, you were fine until you had to pontificate. So, <laughs> so there's there's just no winning here, folks. But I I felt like just I don't know. I I guess I've said what I need to say about that. I'm not right. I like being able to express this, but also to say in the same breath that I recognize this as a judgment. And truly, folks, if I ever meet any of you, and if you want to mention me, hey man, I don't even read. I'll just go, oh, you heard that episode, didn't you? T. I'm not about to lecture you on all that. I I will say this, though. If anyone out there is thinking, well, shit, I don't read that much. It is true. I mean, I'm capable of reading. I just don't make a practice of reading. And I, I, I get it also, folks. A lot of books are fucking boring. They are. Not every book is well written. If you're wondering, how do I get into reading? Where do I start? Let me just say this. Don't worry about quality. I'm not here to tell you you shouldn't be doing this, that, and the other thing. You know, like, uh, I have, like, well, for example, for example, you want to read Star Trek books or Star Wars books or Doctor Who books that are probably not the most sophisticated? Who gives a fuck? Look, guys, my favorite shit is is uh, uh, Philip K. Dick sci-fi stories. And as much as they are indeed, you know, pretty competently written, they're weird and they don't they they have plenty of inconsistencies. And and uh, I can't say all of his characters are even that fleshed out. And and some of them are really frankly like like they almost feel like first drafts that were written over the course of a 48 hour speed binge and yet i love it <laughs> so i think you got to just read what you dig it's like uh, luis guzman and uh boogie nights hey where what you dig so read what you dig if you you know and it can be anything it doesn't have to also be only fiction. It can be how-to books. 
I have noticed one thing, though, one little extra aside on this. I have noticed in life that those who read only information books, like only research books, only psychology books, only plumbing books, only chemistry books, only auto repair books, they sometimes don't read fiction. And they often chalk up fiction to, well, why would I spend a bunch of time learning about a bunch of people who never existed in the first place? Yeah, well, neither did most people you've ever heard in a story, but that didn't stop any of us as especially young people going, oh, please tell me another story. Fiction, even though it's all made up, tends to follow, if it's well-written fiction, it tends to follow a pulse that we recognize. Because as I burp on the side of this uh, microphone, it's true. Because these things, even in fiction form, are relatable. Uh, This is no original statement. I've heard it said before, but, you know, you tend to up your empathy when you get into the mind of a fictional character. Or at least if it's a nonfiction book, get into someone's life from their perspective. But now, you know what? I'm starting to feel a little preachy here, folks. I'm just here to say, I don't mean to shame anyone. Um, Everyone's struggle is their struggle. But if you are thinking, oh gosh, I really would like to up my reading, what interests you? And go from there. And see if you like somebody. And also, there is nothing wrong with a thin read. Sometimes I do giant bricks like fucking gravity's rainbow. Jesus Christ. And that, and that's a bad example. Or, or like It, which is palatable. It's just fucking huge. Or I like little thin reads. The, the, like I was talking in the last episode. Those Shaft novels, they're little tiny 150-page slim little paperbacks. Remember Goosebumps, folks? That's all I read when I was a kid. And that got me reading big time. I don't think any of those are Pulitzer Prize winners. And they ain't exactly long. I think they also stalled somewhere between like 120, 150 pages. They ain't long. But, god dang, were they fun. And they definitely were developmental in, um, developmental? Is that that the word I want? Oh boy, Mr. Reader, and now you're going, is is that my vocabulary? But yes, they were instrumental, we'll say that one, uh, in in getting me to uh, want to read. And so to conclude these these reading thoughts here, um, I mentioned many light years ago in this episode that I'm listening now to a Star Wars novel. (laughs) Now, why am I listening to it instead of reading it? Well, I'm reading something else on the side. And this is also something that, oh, here's the fun part. Then when you get into reading, you become a junkie, and then you can't read one book at a time. You're going to be like me, where you have something you read in the morning, something you read in the afternoon, and something you read at night. Um, Because nowadays, I have like three different things open. It's I don't recommend it because you get a little sort of torn each way, but it also can be a lot of fun. And um, so at the moment I'm reading, I'm reading something called Snow Crash, which we'll talk about another time because I'm, I'm digging it. I just am so fresh into it. I don't know what to make of it just yet. But I'm listening to Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. Now real quick, Heir to the Empire, and that's H-E-I-R, like you will be the heir to the empire. It's not 
heir to the Empire, which is like, oh, you boys need some ventilation in here. Come on, Darth Vader, open a window. Um, Heir to the Empire is a true sequel to Return of the Jedi, meaning this is the closest we have as Star Wars fans to a very well-put-together story that takes place, I'd say, no more than five years after the original Star Wars trilogy. So we're talking about the events that take place after the Battle of Endor, post-Emperor death, post-Darth Vader death, and we're following the new adventures of all of our favorite friends, of Luke, of Han, of Leia. Lando just showed up in the part that I'm in right now. There are um, new characters. There's And now, because this book was written in the early 90s, there, there are characters that in this book are introduced, but by now, because we're in the 2020s, they're classic characters. Uh, for example, Grand Admiral... I was about to call him Grad Admirable. He's very admirable, that Admiral. Um, Grad, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Wow, try that again. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Really cool bad guy. I always love eloquent philosophy bad guys. <laughs> the ones who can kill you, but before they do, they will wax philosophical and uh, appreciate good art and all that jazz. Um, but it's really, really cool. And it all comes back to something else too, folks, which is, hey, <clears throat> if you don't like reading, audiobooks are a great option too. And real quite honestly, I attempted to read this book when I was about 12, it was like somewhere 11, 12, 13, somewhere around there. And you know, I tried actually to read a few Star Wars novels as a kid, and they were just too too sophisticated for me. I, I got confused, I got bored, I, I would I would you know read maybe 10 pages and then just fizzle out. I, I go through, by the way, to this day, a common complaint that I often hear and that you may have experienced yourself. Sometimes we get sleepy when we read. Reading is a physical activity, and um, sometimes all them words on that page, they can just kind of glaze over your eyes. And the next thing you know is you have read half a page, but nothing stuck. So you have to go back and it can be a little stop and go. And when I was younger, I had difficulties finishing books that I would start because I just didn't have the commitment or I would get confused or I'd get lost. So that was a lot of novels. And it was, and I had nerds who were nerdy, nerd friends who were nerdier than I, and they were killing those Star Wars books. These are fellow 13-year-olds who are like, oh, nope, understood every page. Nope, I know what that word means totally. And they're just like killing it. And they were way smarter than I. They still are smarter than I. And um, they were like, they were the same people who were reading Dune novels not too much long after that either. And dude, I wouldn't even attempt to read Dune till like, my late 20s, early 30s. So, um, yeah, it just, I, I remember this particular book being one of the many that when I was younger, I gave up on. Again, not because it's bad, but because I wasn't a reader at the time. So, I guess all of this is to say, you may be surprised one day. And don't take, you know, it's like LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. Don't take my word for it. 
But I hope you may discover your own pleasure in reading. And audiobooks are okay too, folks, because after all, if you really think about it, reading is a somewhat newer thing we're doing as, a, as people. The old days, we'd listen to whoever was the best storyteller around the village campfire. So, yeah, I, I, I love me some stories. I want to <clears throat> keep reading them. I want to keep watching them. I want to keep listening to them. And I'd like to make some as well. And uh, thank you for hearing my story today. And uh, I hope you may, uh, you may find pleasures in this galaxy or any other galaxy far, far away. We will have a tête-à-tête and pied-à-pied and cœur-à-cœur very soon. But in the mean in-between, thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, Simpin' After Dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil. <laughs>